Today I have the privilege of preaching the last part of this family series. Started out talking about Michael and David is over. Then Levi and his sons, and last week, Adam and Eve. Reason why you're still asleep? Reason why you haven't been introduced? Look at somebody and say, because God's preparing me for somebody that will blow my mind. Quiet is kept. If that's what you want, then you got to stay close to him. I want to put the last installment on it now, and in a sense, I want to talk about why it works. Psalm 27, picking up at verse 7. Psalm 27, picking up at verse 27. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek thy face. Your face, Lord, I will seek. Can you bring it down in the house? Do not hide your face from me. Do not turn your servant away in anger. You have been my helper. Do not reject me or forsake me, God my Savior. Though my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will receive me. Teach me your way, Lord. Lead me in a straight path because of my oppressors. Do not turn me over to the desire of my foes, for false witnesses rise up against me, spouting malicious accusations. I remain confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and take heart. Wait, as the King James says. King James says, wait, I say, on the Lord. As you take your seat, touch somebody and tell them, I don't care what you heard. I am not alone. I don't care what you heard. I am not alone. Little background here, Psalm 27 is generally assumed to be two different psalms, if not two different psalms, at least written in two different periods, maybe even by two different individuals. The first psalm starts out with the confident expression of a man who is seriously committed to God and unafraid of what life may bring him. He starts out declaring, the Lord is my light and my salvation. I love this line, who shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. And after saying that, he raises the question of whom shall I be afraid? When my enemies and my foes come up against me, there's one thing for sure gonna happen, they will stumble 
and they will fall. Trisha, he is in a place when uncertainty and disappointment have not collided and sent him careening into a wall of doubt. He is confident that in the time of trouble, the Lord will hide him. It's one of those statements where you look at somebody and say, I can't speak for you, but I tell you this, he will hide me. And as a result of it, he will sing and make melody unto the Lord. There's no doubt about it. This is a brother who walks in confidence, who walks in assurance that no matter what life brings, the Lord will make a way somehow. But you know, church, it's amazing that two expressions of one person's experience can come together under the roof of one song. Because life is often moments of certainty when you're absolutely certain about everything, how you're going to handle what's coming and that God has your back. But then there are some other moments. Nudge somebody and tell them I've lived through those. Moments of uncertainty, moments of fear, moments of despair, moments of doubt. And, that's, and the second movement of this psalm that starts at verse 7, whether it is the experience of someone else or whether it is the same psalmist telling us how he got to verse 1. It is a man who is in a different place in his life. He is not walking on the solid soil of certainty. He's in a tough and trying place emotionally, seeking some direction and comfort just so I make sure I'm preaching the right sermon to the right people in the right place. I want to see the hands of folk who know what it's like to be in an emotional quandary. Folk who know what it's like to, to have your emotions torn up. Folk who know what it's like to be in emotional distress. If you've been there, just wave at me. Just wave. Nudge the person beside you and say, yeah, my hand is up. Yeah, because this is, or rather, there is so much going on in brother's life. In fact, that may sound familiar to some of us. Uh, trouble is happening in his life, and trouble brings with it confusion and his first cousin uncertainty. But what caused me to really stop and look at this psalm, I, I loved verse 1. I quoted all the time, the Lord is my light. My salvation, whom shall I fear? Lord is the strength of my soul, of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked, even my enemies and my foes come up against me, they will stumble and they will fall. And then I do a oh, hallelujah. But that's not every day. There are some days when I hear my voice, oh Lord, when I call. Be merciful and answer me. Do I have anybody in church who's been on that teeter-totter? One day you over here with great conviction and confidence, and the other day you're over here wondering, can I make it through? 
if I have anybody, do I have any women who wondered, can you even turn the page and move to the next place? Do I have any brothers who've ever wondered, can I get through this? Don't be ashamed to fess up today. This is family month. And if we can't tell the truth here, I don't know where we can. What got me, Odell, in this passage was not verse 1 and verse 7. What got me was a little line in verse 10. The brother is going through. Stuff is hitting him from every side. He's praying, God, make a way somehow. Wait a minute. He's playing it like we do. God, get me out of this. But this is the line that got me. In the midst of talking about what he's going through, church, he drops this line in family month. Though my mother and, wait a minute, and my father forsake me. Wait a minute, y'all didn't hear it. Though my mother and my father forsake me. This brother is in the fight of his life. And he drops a line saying, I do not have the support of my mama and my daddy. Now, wait a minute. Maybe his mama and daddy are dead. Maybe they passed on and gone to their reward, and he recognizes he does not have them to lean on. Maybe his mama and his daddy had him but never supported him. Oh, it got quiet on that one. You know, it's a terrible thing to have children and not support them. Amen, Floor. And some folk think that just because you're in the house, you support them. Just because you bring in money, that support, you can be present and still be absent. God, I wish I had somebody here who understood me. Maybe they aren't supporting him because they have bought into the arguments being raised against him. His enemies and his foes are coming against him. Oppressors are coming at him from every side. Maybe, just maybe, his parents have not given him the benefit of the doubt. But whatever the reason, he is standing there without parental support. And don't fool yourself, church. I need you to look at somebody and say, get this. Children need their parents. Can I preach like I want to? I really say, I want to say this again, and I know some folk don't want to believe it, don't want to hear it, but let me say it again. Don't have children if you ain't going to support them. Don't have them if you're not going to be there for them, if you're not going to teach them how to grow up, if you're not going to show them what it means to be a man or a woman, if you're not going to be there when they're crying, if you're not going to help them heal their hurts. Do not make the mistake of bringing someone into the world and then not being there for them. Oh, it's getting quiet now.
I know some of y'all don't want to hear, but she crazy. She won't let me be see there. She won't let me be there. Don't, cr don't drop that lie. Nobody made you bring something into this world. If you brought a child into this world, you find a way. You make a way. You create a way. You invent a way to do what has to be done to support your child. Don't think because you sent a check to the government to pay child support that that supports your child. Your child needs more than a payment. They need a person. And they need the best person you can be. Help me somebody. He doesn't feel, Angie, he has any support. False witnesses have risen up against him. He's in a fight. People, are, his friends are siding with his enemies. He's convicted in the court of public conversation. He's not faring well. His oppressors are trying to destroy him from within. And don't fool yourself. Folk have it hard. And what adds to the weight of the condition that he's facing is brought on by the fact that his family is not with him. He does not have their support. And let me, let me preach this thing because some folk don't want to hear it, but it's family month. And sometimes you got to put the truth out there. There are persons even in this room who can identify with the psalmist and know what it's like to have his feelings, who know what it's like to be crushed on the inside. But look at this brother. Look at him carefully. He is hurting from inside to out. His mother and father have forsaken him, but he still is not allowing himself to wallow in self-pity. He refuses to go out and get drunk and smoked up. He refuses to start letting himself go and falling by the wayside. He refuses to internalize all of the inner hurt that is being dished out. He refuses to lay down and play dead. He's played a part in the trouble in his life, but he refuses even though mama and daddy are not there supporting me. My brothers and my sisters are not there supporting me. People don't like me and are coming up against me. I refuse to lay down and play dead. I refuse to throw the white flag in. I refuse to go out and get drunk and get high. I refuse to let my life go down to the pit. I need you to touch somebody beside you and tell them I refuse to let that happen to me. I've come too far. I have paid too high a price to get where I am right now. I refuse to let my family kill me. They have not given me the benefit of the doubt, but I refuse to let what's happening in my family tear me apart. Can I preach like I want? 
Some people in here know about family drama. Do I have anybody who knows something about family drama? Just wave at me. I know you don't want people to know folk in the family act a little strange, but all of us got an Uncle Bubba and a Cousin Sucker in the family who's just as whack as can be. Family drama is real. Why? Because people are, or rather families, are composed of people. And why? Because people have issues. Yes, they do generational dysfunctionality dismantles attempts for persons to be close. Some people have come through generations of dysfunctional families. They don't even know how to be close. Some people have been so educated in that which is so dysfunctional that they think dysfunctionality is the proper way to live their life and so they will wreck any attempt at can I preach like I want I was telling a group of guys yesterday sometimes when you tell people I don't understand where you're coming from you are not just saying something you are telling the absolute truth because you have never seen what they are presenting to you before you have no clue where they are coming from but they have grown up in that kind of dysfunctionality and they think it is a functional way to live life and my brothers and sisters when you grow up in dysfunctionality if you are not careful you will become dysfunctional my God he, he, family has left him everybody's gone he's about to give up his fault but he will not I need you to look at somebody and tell them I refuse to fall apart uh-oh, wait a minute, y'all didn't get this. I refuse to give my enemies, my foes, even my family, the satisfaction of watching me fall apart. They will watch me, but I refuse to live falling apart every day of my life. I need to know, are there any people in church today who have made that declaration, I refuse to fall apart. I refuse, if I go down, I'll get back up. If I stumble, I will stand. If I fall, I will crawl. I will not lay down and play dead. I will not cry in my soup. I will not give up. You can walk out of my life. You can say goodbye to me, but I promise you I will come back from whatever tomb you think I'm in, whatever grave you think is dug for me, and I'll tell you why. Because I may be lonely, but I tell you I am not alone. Lonely talks about the people that I am connected to. Now, now you got to get this 930. All my smart people in church, brilliant people, wave at me, please, all brilliant people. If you're sitting beside somebody dumb, just look at them. You know. <laughs> Loneliness talks about my connection to people. Loneliness is a term that deals with connection to people. So sometimes I am lonely.
I do not have people in my space. But alone, that A in the front of it, alone, deals with a disconnection with myself. Lonely is, deals with a disconnection from people. But alone is a disconnection with myself and, my, and the force that is higher that handles and holds myself. In other words, alone deals with a disconnection with me and God. That ain't the same as being lonely. You didn't come over to my house tonight and I got to sit here and watch television by myself. That's lonely. Alone, even the universe doesn't know me. Heaven doesn't know I exist. Oh, no, baby. Psalmist says, wait a minute. Mother and father have forsaken me. Friends, and don't fool yourself. I'll get to that in a minute. We'll forsake you. He says, but I got news for you. When I was flat my back laying on the ground, I rolled over. And I started crawling. Oh, God, y'all missed it. I started crawling to where God was. Can I get a witness? I started crawling to find the God of my salvation. Do I have anybody who knows about saying, no, wait a minute. And he says, I crawled and I got to the altar of God and I cried out, hear my voice. I, when I call, Lord, be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says to you, seek his face. Has your heart ever told you, get up and go find God? Has your heart ever told you, you better start praying right now? Come on, I'm talking to some sanctified folk in here. Has your heart ever had a moment when you were going down and God said, all right, that's low enough. You start making your way to some praying ground. Turn, your, turn on your right music. Get the atmosphere set in your Oh, God, I feel like preaching this. Get them candles and light them candles and sit in your special chair and get your special book because I can't let you go any lower than you've gone. You've gone as low as you can go. Turn your radio on. Turn off the Real Housewives of Potomac. You don't need to hear that ratchet stuff tonight. You turn on the right stuff. Put on praise God from whom all blessings flow. Glory, hallelujah. Put on God as an awesome God. I need you to start seeking my face because if you ask, it shall be given. If you seek, you shall find. If you knock, the door shall be open. The psalmist said, I crawled my way to the altar. I need you to grab somebody beside you and tell them, I know about that. I had to crawl my way to the altar. I had to crawl. Everybody had forsaken me. I had to crawl my way to the altar. People I thought would be on my side, I had to crawl my way to the altar. And when I crawled, I didn't come cute and didn't try to be pretty. I didn't worry about whether I had the right kind of suit and whether I had the right curl on in my hair. I just got ugly with God. Hear my voice, God, when I call you. Have mercy on me, oh God. Bless my life. Hide not your face from me. Do I have anybody who knows how to pray like that? I ain't talking about these little cute pity pat prayers. I'm talking about the desperate prayer of somebody who says, I am not alone. I know there's a God. There's a God who sits high and looks slow. And God, I'm not here by myself. Great God Almighty. He refuses. When I read this song, 
I started realizing how you get from seven to 12 and over to one. You got to stand and declare. Look at somebody and say, I'm not alone. I'm not alone. No, baby. Uh -uh, I may have lost my job, may have lost my honey, may have lost my boo or my booette, but I ain't alone. May have, lost my, may have lost the money I had, maybe I had to move out the house. People don't talk to me like they used to. Friends don't come to visit like they used to. Things are going bad on a lot of different fronts, but don't get it twisted. I am not alone. Huh. I remain confident in this great God. Did you read them last verses? In this one thing will I be confident. Oh God, let me say it like the King James says it. The King James says, I would have fainted unless I believed. God, do I have anybody in here who came that close? Look at somebody say, I came that close to losing my mind and losing it all. He said, but I would have fainted if I hadn't believed in the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I need about 20 people who can declare that's what pulled me through. That's what got me over. That's what keeps me going in the time of trouble. That's what holds my hand. I remember confident in this I will see the goodness of the Lord I don't care how much hell is breaking out around me this is not my last chapter I will see the goodness of the Lord I don't care how confused I am I don't care how crazy stuff is this is not the way it's going in I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living that's why I tell you Wait on the Lord. Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. Wait, I say, home the Lord. Look at somebody. Tell them I'm getting ready to shout because I'm not alone. I am still connected to God. I started. How do you, what do you have to understand to get from this to that. Mother and father have forsaken him. Maybe they've died or maybe they've gone to the other side. Maybe there's family drama. You know, may, may, maybe daddy walked out, left him with issues. Maybe mama quit, left her with issues. But whatever, they ain't there. They ain't out there. Look at somebody and say, whatever the reason, they ain't there. But I'm not going to let it take me down. I'm preaching to somebody who grew up without a father, grew up without a mother, who grew up with family drama. But God sent me in here to tell you, if you don't get anything else out of this sermon, look at somebody and say, it's not taking me down. No, 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 I've had my share of life's ups and downs, but I ain't going down and staying down. I asked the psalmist, help me understand, what did you realize? He said, you don't understand. I realized that God is a healer and God is a deliverer. I realized something marvelous about God. I started crawling my way to the altar because I was not going to be alone in this universe fighting the hell that I had to fight. I felt forsaken and abandoned by my 
my family, but I realized I had a greater connection than my family. I had somebody over my life that was greater than the people in my life. God, y'all missed that. And his confidence begins to, re to grow. I need you to nudge somebody and tell them this may make you shout. He said, and let me tell you why I really got emboldened to say that I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. He said, I got to that point because I learned something. Nudge somebody say, this is going to get you. I learned that God will not ask you to love him and then not love you. I, I, I don't know who I'm talking to. God, God will not ask you. You know, we do all this church and come to church, love God. You ought to love the Lord with all of your heart, with all of your mind, with all of your soul. You ought to love God every day of your life. Well, let me help you understand something. God will not ask you to love him and then leave you when you need him. He will love you when you're right and when you're wrong. The psalmist, now here's the key. The psalmist is sitting there saying, I know I've made mistakes. I know I've done some stuff wrong. That's why he says, Lord, be merciful to me. Because he knows some of his problems are some of his own doing. Look at the person beside you. Don't say nothing. Just look at them. Know that they put their own foot in their mouth. Some of your problems are your own doing. And when you know that, you wonder if God is still going to stay with you. Why do you wonder about that? Let's go to school. You wonder about that because the history of your relationship growing up may have been that somebody left you early and you thought it was your fault. And because it was your fault, you always wanted to try to do something to get them back. God said, you don't have to play that game with me. You can't do anything to get me back because I'm never leaving. You don't understand. I don't ask you to love me and then leave you when you need me. When your back is up against the wall, I'll be up against the wall with you. When people try to hurt you, I'll be a shield. When folk come behind you, I'll have goodness on one side and mercy on the other. When your enemies and your foes come up against you to eat up your flesh, I will make them stumble and fall. When, in, when wars rage against you, I will deliver you. I wish I had somebody here who knows God loves you and did not leave you even when the mistake was yours. Somebody ought to be shouting right now. Somebody ought to be praising him right now. The psalmist says, God, I, I know I, I always wanted my daddy to love me. I always wanted my mama to love me, but they forsook me. God said, you don't understand. I will be there. I do not ask you to come to church to praise me, to pray at home, to love me in the street, and then when you are knocked to the ground because you have made a mistake, I walk away from you. I come swift, fast, and in a hurry. I will pick you up, scoop you up, lift you up, carry you up. I will do whatever it takes. Uh-oh, let somebody say, get this. And God says, I will show you that I still love you. I won't just tell
tell you I love you. I won't just whisper in your ear I love you. I'll open doors that nobody can shut. I'll keep the roof over your head. I'll put money in your pocket. And when you are lonely, I'll raise up the right kind of people to be by your side. Oh, baby, I, I'm going to start next week. I'll take the trash out of your life, but I'll raise up the right people to be by your side because I don't just love you. I show you what love looks like. You ought to stop right now and count your blessings and start naming them one by one. Count your blessings and see what the Lord has done. He'll show you that he loves you. He'll give you new people. He'll raise up new places. He'll put in new faces. He'll add new opportunities. He'll create new possibilities. Whatever it is, he'll do it for you. Slap five with somebody and tell him he'll love me. I think, Angie, this might be the greatest revelation I've had all year. God will not ask you to love him and then not love you. The problem with some of us is we don't know what love looks like. Love. What does love look like? Love looks like a smile and not a laugh when I'm crying. Love looks like outstretched arms that lift me when I can't stand. What does love look like? Love looks like a warm summer breeze that blows in a cold experience in my life. Do I have anybody here who knows love? Love is just sitting with me when I can't find words to say. God, I wish I had somebody who understand love is a look and a feel and a wrapped up, tied up and tangled up. Love is God saying, you can't walk, let me carry you. Love is God saying, let me stand in front of you. Love is God being a roof over my head and a bridge over my troubled waters and a shelter in the time of my storm. Look at somebody and tell them, I know God's love. I know he loved me, he loved me. I wish I had 10 people in here who know God has loved you. He has loved you with an everlasting deep love. He has loved you to your guts. He has loved you to your core. He has when mother and father forsook you, God was still there loving and loving and loving and loving. Simon said, I don't care what you heard. I don't care what you heard. I I'm not alone. I, I started looking at it. He says, my enemies are poised to get me. Everybody's after me, even my family gone. I'm here all by my lonesome. My friends done turned again. People didn't even give me the benefit of the doubt. Now this is the one. Folks said they had my back until. I need to see the hands of folk who met until. 
People said they were with you until somebody told them something. Folks said they were with you until you crossed a certain line. Folks said they were with you until you made such a big mistake. Listen, many of us have made mistakes. I see the hands of folk who made mistakes. But there is a mistake you'll make that'll cost you the people sitting beside you. Oh, no, 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 they'll always be there. That's a lie. <laughs> One of the things you learn in the art of negotiation is that everything has a price. Everything has an ultimate price. For example, you love your car. You love your car. You love your... It, it got four wheels and an engine, and it takes you where you need to go. You love Betsy, Matilda, Lucy, Ben. You love your car. So somebody comes up to you and says, I'm going to give you $500 for your car. I owe that. I owe more than that. This car means so much to me. In, in economic theory, that's called utility or satisfaction. I get so much satisfaction from owning this. But then the person come back and say, you right. I give you two million for it. Let me go home and get the other key and the title. Because all of a sudden, the satisfaction from getting the money outweighs the satisfaction of having the car. Everything has a price. Don't fool yourself. People tell you they love you, but there's a line that if you cross, they'll back up off you. You don't believe it? Cross it. Then come say, Reverend, you were right. You know what I'll say? I know. They'll cross it. The psalmist says, my mother and my father forsook me. I thought they were going to stand with me all along. I do weddings all the time, and you know, folk will stand up and tell me they love somebody. They're going to, death, I don't use the line all the time, till death do us part. I say in sickness and in health, in rich time, and poor times for better or and they look at each other they start a little tear come on top of that makeup and if they got the good makeup it rolled over top of it they got the other kind it rolled with the tear But let them cross a certain line and they back in my office for another reason. Why? Because when we talk about unconditional love, it is the condition that hasn't yet been met or faced. Because everybody got a condition. 
Don't say nothing if you're sitting beside yours. But everybody got a condition from whence they can't come back. And the psalmist knows he's messed up. He's messed up. And his friends have already vacated his life. Now his mother and father have added to the distress. And get this line I'm going to say. He has no emotional shelter. I need to see the hands of folk who know what it's like to be emotionally out in the cold. Come on, don't y'all lie. Some of y'all just a straight up line on the fourth, third, what Sunday is this? The fourth Sunday in September. I need to see the hands of folk who've been out in the emotional cold. You did not have any shelter for your emotions because a line somewhere had been crossed and now you were emotionally out in the cold. The psalmist said, I clawed my way to the altar. I cried out, have mercy on me, God. Hide not your face from me, God. Leave me not in the hands of the enemy. And I learned something about God. Uh-oh, I'm about to shout on this for myself. I learned that God will provide me emotional shelter because God never has a line that I have to worry about crossing. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't get that. Y'all didn't look at somebody and say, there's no line with God. God's love has no breaking point. Everybody who claims to love you will probably have a spot from which they can't come back except God. God will love you beyond the break. God will love you in your worst state. God will love you when you cannot find a way to love yourself. I'm preaching to somebody here who has lived in the wretchedness of your own mistake. Well, God sent me in here to tell you, even when you are there, he will show up right beside you. I need you to grab somebody and tell you, he'll always be there. In fact, the psalmist David put it this way, where can I go from your spirit and how can I flee from your presence? If I go up to heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, you are there. If I take the wings of the morning and fly to the utmost parts of the earth, you are right there. Wherever I go, you are right there. If I hide in the darkness, you will be right there. Even the darkness will not be dark to you. The night will shine like the day, for the darkness is light to you. I need somebody in here who knows that God will love you even when you make the worst mistakes in life. That's why I'm not alone. I have a God who can love me when I'm right and love me when I'm wrong. He loves me when I make him proud and he loves me when I make him cry. How do you know he loves your church? I know he loves me because he sent his only begotten son.
He sent his son Jesus to stand by my side. And then he gave me the power of the Holy Ghost so that I'd never be in life by myself. I need you to take somebody by the hand, look them dead in the eye, and tell them I am never alone. I am never alone. God will always love me. Mama and daddy may forsake me. Friends may leave me. But when I call on the name of the Lord, the name of the Lord is a strong tower. The righteous run to it and are saved. Do I have anybody in church who knows God picked you up when you couldn't pick yourself up? God dusted you off when you couldn't dust yourself off. God carried you when you couldn't walk. God dried your tears. Uh-oh, we get ready to shout now. Slap five with the person beside you and tell them God gave me a new tomorrow. God, y'all didn't get it. Slap five with somebody. Tell them I was crying then, but I'm shouting now. Look at somebody, tell them my heart was broke then, but I'm praising God now. I'm singing how I got over. My soul looks back and wonders because I'm never alone. I don't have to worry because I'm Find three people on your road, look at them, and tell them I'm never alone. I've been through hell and high water, but I'm never alone. Money been funny, but I'm never alone. Relationships been crazy, but I've never been alone. When I called on the name of the Lord, the Lord made a way out of no way. The Lord kept me going when I couldn't make it. The Lord raised up the right people to be by my side. The Lord carried me through my valleys. The Lord lifted my spirit. Somebody ought to be praising him now. I would have fainted unless I believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. If I have anybody in church this morning who can bless God for where you are in life right now, you can bless God for how he's blessing your life right now. Look at somebody, tell them I thought I couldn't come back, but God brought me back, brought me back with joy, brought me back with a smile, brought me back with a hallelujah, brought me back with a thank you, Jesus. God brought me back, cause I never, 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 never alone. I don't have to worry because I, God will never ask me to love him and then not love me. God will love me that way because there is no breaking point with him. Though my sins be as scarlet, he will wash them 
guarda o sinal. Why didn't you leave me, God? Because I ain't like the people you know. Their capacity to forgive, to move on, to do right is limited. But mine, my capacity to love you is not regulated by how right you are. I want to see the hands of folk who know some days of the week you as stupid as they come. But look at somebody and tell them, but he loves me. I don't have to keep trying to win God back. You know, in NA and AA, they give you chips for 30 days sober, clean, a year clean and whatever. But if you fall off the wagon, you gotta go all the way back. Step one, start. God says, you fall in midstream, I pick you up in midstream. And we keep on. I want to tell you this about God's love. Remember Simon Peter was on the boat and he saw a ghost look like walking. And he said, he heard Jesus say, come to me. And he looked back at him and said, Jesus, if that be you, bid me to walk out there to you. Jesus said, come. Simon jumped out the boat and started walking. Like most of us, real religious, real right, you know. Like us on Sunday. Child, we can move heaven and earth on Sunday. But midway to walk, the Bible says he thought twice. He started remembering the winds and the waves, and he thought about all the other stuff in his life, and he began to sink. And he just said, save me, Lord. And Jesus came by and picked him up and walked with, now get what I'm gonna say, walked with him from the point he fell to where he was going. I need you to look at somebody and tell them I'm glad I didn't have to start over. Oh God, if you understood what I just said, you'd almost bust this church up. Look at somebody and tell them I'm glad I didn't have to start over. I'm glad I didn't have to start over. He just picked me up and carried me the rest of the way.